program comes from a savvy, sophisticated, and intellectual point of view. Wait a second, who the hell wrote this sh**? Let's just put it this way. The studio is cluttered, hotter than hell, and the host? Well, he's got a lot of psychological issues, probably. Still, it's sadly one of the best talk shows available. This is Michael Groff in Exile. Yes, in exile indeed, and on allergy meds. Don't forget that part. I, I'm just going to throw this disclaimer out as we get the show started here. Um, I, if I sound like I have most of the state of Arizona in my nose, it's because I do. Somehow, uh, some way, everything I'm allergic to has just managed to find me in the last 24 hours. And just before showtime, I went on a big sneezing attack, so it does sound pretty bad. But I'm, I'm not in that bad of shape. I've only sneezed like about a hundred times in the last 45 minutes. It, it'll be fine. I'll live, I think. All right. Anyway, I welcome you in. It's the best of the Michael Groff Show. These are great moments, classic bits, awesome stuff, and all the things from the attic of Michael Groff Show's past. As usual, my past coming back to haunt me, as it always tends to do. But before we get into all of that, the contact information for the program... Mike at KMGX.com. That's my email address. You can always drop me a line, have a question, comment, suggestion, just want to say hello. Mike at KMGX.com. Also, our PayPal address if you want to make a donation to this program, help and uh, raise some money for the allergy medication fund, which I think I could really use right about now. I still have some Zyrtec, though, so I think I'll be okay for this show. All right, and of course, AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Groff Show, the screen name that is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger, always available 24-7, so you can drop me a line over there. And of course, for all other information Michael Groff related, I would highly encourage you to go to michaelgroff.com. All of our new shows are posted over there regularly, michaelgroff.com. One day, I'll have it to where it has all the cool bells and whistles that all other radio talk show websites have, but I've been saying that for 10 years, so, you know, don't hold your breath. Sometimes I think it would be cool to have somebody else hosting these best of shows, maybe a hot chick, or it doesn't even have to be a hot chick. It could just be somebody that's not me. Because as much as I do like listening to myself, and I do, uh, the narcissist within, uh, it just would be cool to have somebody else. I've even been sort of tempted to solicit for people to host the best of shows, the fans to host the best of shows. I think that would be kind of neat. So Mike at KMGX.com if you want to send in an audition, I guess. Anyway, on this edition of the best of the Michael Grob show, well, it's one of my favorite stories. I love stories about fat people and not just people that are 10 or 50 or 100 pounds overweight or even those that are the size of Rosie O'Donnell or Michael Moore. I'm talking about record breaking fat folks. We're talking about guys that are actually in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the fattest people on earth. And that is only outdone by then the fattest person on earth losing more weight than anybody has ever lost in history. We'll go back to that story. Also, I love stories where you have the following ingredients. Southern Hicks, the state of Florida, a lot of alcohol, two people in their 20s, and a church cemetery. Yes, there's nothing better than that. 
I mean, it's right up there. It pegs the creepometer right into the red, but it's a great story. We'll go back to that. One of the craziest, weirdest places. I mean, I know I'm a guy and I'm, I'm good to go for a lot of things. I'm good to go anytime, but I think I would have to draw the line at the places where dead people are buried. Just saying. And of course, we go back to one of my favorite segments on the show, something we haven't done here for quite a while, Parent of the Year nominations. And this one comes from 2008, where a woman just decided she's had enough of her kids. She's just going to up and quit. And she did. She went on strike from her children. I, I can't imagine a woman that would have her first child at the age of 16 and then have three more subsequently would have any sort of mental issues, would have any kind of issue with children whatsoever. But apparently, believe it or not, she did. And oh yeah, by the way, if you're wondering, the father or fathers, yeah, nowhere to be found. A great story. And in addition to all of that, we have a stupid law from the city of Chicago, their effort to crack down on drugs, no pun intended. They wanted to get rid of the drug problem, so they decided to ban an item that just doesn't make any sense. No, not a bong. No, not the drugs themselves. Something that's just so unbelievable, you have to hear it for yourself. Also, I I got to tell you, I've always been one of those guys that had these stereotypes about going and buying stuff at the Salvation Army. Oh, it's just for the poorest of the poor. You can't get anything good there. You know, I've now I've seen they have some uh, some good electronic equipment you can get there at a pretty good price. Sometimes the clothes aren't even completely moth-eaten or you know, 1984 Detroit Tigers World Series paraphernalia. No, it's it's actually good stuff. And we found uh, there was a Salvation Army that was actually selling hand grenades. So forget all your stereotypes about the Salvation Army. Go and buy all of your military surplus equipment there. So all of that is coming up later on the show. But first up, what happens when narcissism and capitalism collide? Now, we've talked about this many times on the show. I always get on these radio guys like Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity that go on the air and proceed to sell you on their online stores, their tchotchkes with their name on it, you know, a Rush Limbaugh mouse pad, a Sean Hannity hat or whatever. It, there's, it's one thing to promote your show. It's fine. It's another just to have your name on absolutely everything. It just shows that you have almost zero integrity and that you're willing to do just about anything to make a couple extra bucks off the audience who are wearing your merchandise and promoting your show anyway. And then you've got to charge them 19 or 29 or $59 for it. But of course, if there's one person that can outdo everybody in the business of whoring themselves out, it's gotta be Oprah, right? Yeah. A couple of years ago, she opened up the Oprah store. It's a living, breathing consciousness of the Oprah Winfrey show. Because, as you know, we all need a mug with a catchy little slogan from the Oprah show on it, don't we? We all need more Maya Angelou poetry books sold for $50 a pop. We all need handbags and shoes and baskets actually made in Africa, at least according to Oprah, all sold at incredibly high prices. And while you shop, well, you get to enjoy old episodes of the Oprah Winfrey show, of course. Oh, if it wasn't incredibly tragic, it would just be funny. But unfortunately, it's Oprah. And it's first up right here on the best of the Michael Groff Show. 
All right, so have you seen the Oprah store? What would it be like to walk into an Oprah Winfrey consciousness, an Oprah store? You can get close by walking into the brand new Oprah store. Yes, it is a mishmash, a mishmash rather, of the star's sayings, passions, gurus, and even her closet right down to the street from Harpo Studios on Chicago's near west side. Perhaps you'd need to make a purchase and delve deeper into the experience. Yes, that's right. Feel stress-free in the Oprah nightgown and baby soft socks, writing in your passion journal while sipping hot tea from a mug which has the Oprah favorite quote, live your own dreams. Yes, you can write in your passion journal. All things, in other words, basically a notebook that Oprah charges about 20 bucks for at her store. Uh, Let me see what we've got here. It's a store that's 5,500 square feet. What's the most popular item in the store? 70 shoppers on Thursday snapped up $13 cosmetics bags decorated with blue, yellow, pink, and purple O's. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine the white trash and the house frows, the Midwest house frows that are walking around with their Oprah bag? Oh, I've got my Oprah bag. I mean, can you imagine all these uh, these Long Island house frows, these Midwestern types, all these folks that are that have got their their Oprah bag? If I saw somebody with an Oprah bag, like a cosmetic bag that said a big O on it, I'd be like, "Yeah, I know what that O stands for." It's like, "Oh, get the f out of here." The setting ranges from subtle messages, small O's, hardly visible on the pockets of uh, workout shirts and pants to out-and-out Oprah worship with photos of Oprah and her favorite causes on the walls and a TV mounted on a wall rerunning the Oprah Winfrey Show's 20th anniversary special. Yeah, they have, uh, I was telling you about this, they have um, glass bead and telephone wire bowls and baskets handmade by women in Africa from 45 to $120. You could get your handmade beaded key rings in the shapes of a giraffe, crocodile, elephant, and giraffe for $8. Books by Maya Angelou, fitness guru Bob Green, relationship expert Robin Smith, and diet doctors Mehmet Oz and Michael Roizen. Let's see. So uh, there's just a lot of other things, too. Oh, here we go. You can get a $24 polo shirt, $12 collar, and $15 leash, and a workout uh, a workout outfit for, uh, for people. They have stuff for dogs. They have stuff for people. They have a $40 drawstring pants, $5 socks, $6 water bottle. You can get an Oprah water bottle. These are fabulous items. $46 gym bag, a $16 baseball cap for bad hair days. Yes, the Oprah Winfrey store has it all. All the tchotchkes you could ever want. Listen, I rip on Rush Limbaugh for having like the excellence in broadcasting, uh, I don't know, cigars or whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a store. You can go and blah, 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 all these things. Ahead. You can order the Limbaugh letter. But this is just terrible they have uh retro jogging outfits with an o zipper pull down for a hundred dollars and they even have sexy items a pair of 
Gianfranco Fair Brown Crocodile Ankle Boots from Oprah's Closet. Okay. So, uh, once again, folks, uh, the uh, yet another person in in show business trying to milk the fans. We've got people selling their tchotchkes for insane amounts of money for like uh, $100, $300. You can buy uh, you can buy polo shirts for $24. You can buy stuff for your dog. Good Lord. I know exactly the demographic of people buying this crap. The demographic of people buying this crap are people that, um, well, uh, quite frankly, they're people that are probably going to get divorced real soon. Listen, if I was married to somebody who went out and bought $300, what is this, a $300 crocodile boots or something? Yeah, if if I uh, that I would not be married to that person for very long, I can promise you that. Can you imagine? Can, can you imagine the mentality of the person that goes, "I've got to buy an Oprah mug with with some with some catchy little saying on it, or I've got to buy a shirt with some catchy Oprah saying on it because I got to do that." Man, I just got to go out and get that. Give me a physical break. That is milk in the fans, man. I don't know. I've never gotten that whole thing. Like I said before, maybe I'd have a Michael Groff show shirt, a hat, but I think I'd probably draw the line there. I'm not such a megalomaniac where I have to have a store devoted to myself or even a web store, like an, an online store devoted to myself, like some of these cats like Bill O'Reilly or Rush Limbaugh or... um even Sean Hannity has it going on a little bit. Listen, I can understand. If I wrote a book, you know, some of these guys, they have their books on their on their online store, and that's fine. Like, if Oprah wants to sell her book on, in an online store or at her store, whatever, that's fine. You wrote the book. You put your effort into it. That's great. But to sell shirts with your name on it and charge $30 for it, now I understand that the fans have to be willing to buy it, and it's... It's not so much on the on on Oprah. I mean, if somebody's willing to spend the money on that garbage, but you have to understand that it's. I just think morally, ethically, don't you think that maybe, just maybe, it's a little bit much? Don't you think that it just shows that you're a megalomaniac, that you're a narcissist, you're somebody that just you have to be in the center of everybody's universe? Oh, I've got to be top of mind to everybody. I'm Oprah. Oh my God! What a nightmare! I'd wear an MG. I'd wear a Michael Groff show hat. Listen, there's 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 self promotion, and then there's milking the audience. By the way, I do not have a Michael Groff show hat or shirt to sell. If I did, and see, I wouldn't charge like eighty bucks for it either. Oprah charging a hundred dollars for a jogging outfit. And she's selling baskets uh, from women who made them in Africa, which I don't know. What is that? Slave labor? Good God. I'm sorry. I'm just not into I I, I guess I'm just not uh, with it. I'm not down with uh, Oprah's uh, idea here. I wish I was. I wish I could uh, get behind it, but it just doesn't seem all that. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Ethical. The world's fattest man, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, proudly announced Tuesday that he dropped 570 pounds, or 230 kilograms. 
nearly half his original weight in less than doctors had expected. Quote, I'm going to throw a big party, Manuel Uribe told AFP by telephone. Quote, I'm getting out of my house and going for a walk. I guess he lives in Monterey. He lives in Monterey, Mexico. Uribe, 42, weighed at least 1,257 pounds at his heaviest and for five years has been bedridden in his home where his mother and fiancé help him. If you're a fiancé of a dude that weighs 1,257 pounds, that is real love. There's nothing materialistic going on there. Doctors from the uh, from uh, neighboring uh, United States, Italy, and Mexico for two years have been helping Uribe lose weight through dieting and exercise. His goal, he said, is dropping to a slim 120 kilograms or 265 pounds in four more years. Can you imagine the amount of extra skin this dude would have after losing a thousand pounds? A thousand pounds. This guy's going to lose. He, he wants to lose a thousand pounds. He's already lost over 500 pounds. This guy's going to have more skin. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's a great story in a way. I mean, what kind of exercise could a guy that weighs 1,200 pounds, what kind of exercise could that guy really do? All right, what we want you to do now is try to lift up your arm. Lift it once. Ah, there you go. I mean, that's heavy lifting. The guy's arm must weigh 150 pounds. My God. On March 9th, Uribe um, will be lifted out of his house on his bed by a special crane and driven around on a flatbed truck. That's got to be dignified. Quote, I feel great. The doctors say I'm healthier than ever. You know, again, we've ended the show on something of a feel-good note. I mean, it is it is kind of positive that uh, you have a guy that weighed 1,200 and some pounds and... Uh, and uh, and 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 sure enough, he's uh, well. He's dropped over five hundred and seventy pounds, and he he still wants to lose more. He still wants to lose almost another five hundred. All right. Well, I mean, good for him. The guy's going to be lifted out of his bed by a crane and driven around in a flatbed truck. And I guess that's to celebrate. By the way, the guy says he wants to throw a party. Well, it looks like he's going to put on another like fifty pounds back on that weight that he lost. Hope he doesn't drink excessively. It's an all right story. It's a feel-good story. It's positive. I, I, I have to ask this question. I asked this question before, and I know that people are going to rip me for this, but I, have to, I asked this question before. How the hell does somebody get to be 1,257 pounds? Now, I know this guy, I guess he has some kind of disease, and I know that there are people that have legitimate problems. I understand how some people can get fat. I mean, I know there are thyroid problems. There's legitimate glandular issues. There are legitimate diseases. There are legitimate things that happen that cause somebody to put on weight. But let's say, let's say you're 18 years old and you're a guy and, you know, you're an average height of five foot ten, okay? And you weigh 250 pounds. Don't you think at that point, you ought to lose some weight. And then when you cross the 300-pound threshold, you, you, you start to go, man, I'm really out of control. I got to lose weight. Or when you get to 350 or 400, like at some point you start going, man, I have to go to a special store. I have to, I have, to have my, my clothes custom made for me so I can fit into them. 
I'm wearing a size 64 pants, you know, whatever. You at some point kind of go, maybe I need to get some help. Like when you get to 500 or 600 or 700 pounds, when you can no longer fit out your front door. Don't you go, you know, maybe I'm going to stop eating. And I realize this guy may have had a disease, but I mean, at some point, didn't somebody try to stop this weight gain? Didn't they go, man, he's up to 600 pounds. Perhaps we ought to go and see somebody. No, it took the guy to get to 700, 800, 900. He had 1,000 pounds. He weighed a, he weighed 10 chips, a dime, as we call that in gambling. He weighed a dime. And then he weighed 1,100 and 1,200 pounds, and finally somebody goes, you know, you might have a problem. No, I really? Now, again, please spare me. the. I know this guy has a disease or he had some kind of thing. But I'm just wondering, like, even if you have a disease, how does it ever get out of hand to the point where you get to be five and six and 700 pounds and nobody bothers to take you in? Now, somebody is pointing out to me on Messenger that, well, um, it is Mexico after all, Mike. Maybe they just thought they'd haul this guy across the border and make him our problem. Well, can't disagree with that. That'd be the new uh, Bush border enforcement. That That's McCain's idea. Open up the borders. Let all the fatties in, too. Anyway, um, that's it. That Well, it was sort of a feel-good. So, listen, props to the guy for losing 500 pounds. 500 and what did, what did it say he lost? 570 pounds? Let me see here. 570 pounds. This guy, Manuel Uribe, lost 570 pounds. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, 570 pounds. Almost half of his weight he's lost. Now, quick math says that if he lost 570 pounds and he weighed 1,257, he still weighs what? 600 and, uh, 687 pounds? My. 687. It's not quite as much as Michael Moore anyway. Congratulations. You weigh less than Michael Moore now. I don't get how uh, somebody can get that out of control. Um, apparently, somebody else on Messenger is saying, no, man, they want to use this guy to knock the fence down. <laughs> What fence? We haven't built any fence yet. That's the problem. But yeah, in, in the event that we actually get some stones in this country and build a fence along the Mexican border, they'll use this guy to knock the fence down. They'll just roll him up there in that flatbed truck and be like, all right, Manuel, here you go. Bring it. You're listening to the best of the Michael Grob Show.
back to the best of the Michael Groff Show. Great moments, classic bits, and all the stuff that's just left over on the racks, in the boxes. All of those precious memories <laughs> just strewn all about the studio. We go through all of them here whenever I feel like organizing it and putting it all together. And, you know, I do love listening to myself, as you may know. If you have any uh, messages, comments, suggestions, questions you'd like to pass along to me, you can always do so. Mike at KMGX.com is my email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. And, of course, for all information Michael Groff related, you can always go to MichaelGroff.com. It's the fun place. You can even donate to our show over there. Wink, wink. It's the one, the only MichaelGroff.com. And now back to my favorite part of the show, me. It's more of the best of the Michael Groff Show. This is uh, another story from the Michael Groff Show Stupid News File. And this one is from Florida. And only in Florida could you have a story like this. How long has it been since we've had one of these uh, stories? An unusual place to have sex. And no, I'm not talking about uh, sexual positions. Sometimes I wonder about people. I really do. If your life, if your sex life is so boring that you have to start looking for new places to have sex, and no, I don't mean like the bathroom, the bathtub, on the kitchen table, on the couch, on the floor, out in the backyard. I don't mean stuff like that. I mean like you have to go out in public to start having sex. It probably means your sex life's pretty damn boring. Baker County deputies investigating a report of a suspicious person at North Prong Cemetery Church found a woman inside and a man hiding under the church. They told investigators they broke in so they could have sex on the altar. Arriving deputies said that they found the door to the church on County Road 210 busted out and undergarments scattered on the floor. They found Crystal Ann Rowland, 24, hiding behind the pulpit and Matthew Thomas Pierce, 28, hiding in the crawl space under the church. Pierce told deputies that he uh, that he and Roland were drinking. No. When she told him she wanted, quote, a spiritual and sexual experience. And, of course, dude was like, well, hell yeah. Dude, if you want a spiritual and sexual experience, why not just, like, have sex on top of a Bible or something? I mean, what? You're going to a church at a cemetery. See, that wouldn't be spiritual nor sexual. That'd just be plain-ass creepy. Oh, I'm going to this church. A bunch of people died here. Oh, that sounds good. Deputy said that Roland broke into the little-used church located next to the North Prong Cemetery near Sanderson. Quote, This is pretty disturbing that somebody would that somebody would do something such as this at a place of worship, said Gerald Gonzalez of the Baker County Sheriff's Office. Both were charged with damage to property, criminal mischief, and burglary. They are still being held in the Baker County Jail. I wonder if they'll have sex in the jail. I've never done it in a jail, neither. This is like a twofer right here. This is good stuff. Uh. <laughs> I mean, huh? How incredibly dumb. All right. Well, next up, you could probably do it in a courthouse because you're going to be going to a courthouse 
And then you're probably going to get to go to a really fun place to have sex and where many people have had sex before, and that's in the prison. That's in... That's in a federal prison. That's that's a great place to go and have sex. Uh, let's just think of all the places you can have sex. Well, in yourself, for one. Of course, it might not be with your little girlfriend there, uh, Matt. It might be with, uh, what's this guy, cat's name? Matthew? I don't know. It's like creepy dude's name, Matt. What's going on with these uh, stories today? Let's see. We got, uh, we got Crystal Ann Roland. Crystal Ann and Matthew Thomas Pierce. Yeah, uh, Matthew, you uh, you might find yourself getting it in, in in a prison, not just with your girlfriend, but also with other girlfriends like Bruce and Snake, and uh, yeah, and Tyrone, and uh, yeah. There's lots of uh, lots of cool guys. You're gonna be having sex with all sorts of people pretty soon, in all sorts of different places and all sorts of different positions. The prison shower, you're going to be dropping the soap a little bit. Maybe the prison toilet, your cell toilet. Ooh, maybe in the mess hall. You'll find out why they call it the mess hall, dude. All because you wanted to have sex in a cemetery. That's just, that's creepy. Can you imagine the next day they're trying to have a service? Some poor schmuck out in the middle of nowhere in Florida died. We are gathered here today to remember to laugh. Of Jethro, Clem, Ovid, Jeremiah, Ellie Mae, Elmo, Elmer, Patterson, Dale, Jarrett, Earnhardt, Dale, Dale, Daryl the Third. He was a good man. Don't know why he had so many names, but his parents really liked a lot of things like NASCAR and beer. And George Thorogood. So that's why he gots all those names. So anyways, hey, wait, what's that over there? Well, that looks like a used condom in this here church. I tells you what, what's going on? Someone has desecrated this church. Hallelujah. I don't get it. Why? I don't understand why people have to have sex in all sorts of different places. Like, why not? Whatever happened to just doing it in the bed? And the bathroom, or the bathtub, or the the couch, the yard. I got me a good idea, Crystal Ann. What you got there, Matthew T? Well, I think we ought to done do it right in this here church. I'm feeling for a moving sexual experience. Clearly, that just proves that Florida is a really crappy place to live and there's nothing to do. All we got to do is find other places to, to have birthings. Uh, let's see. One of our children was, conser- was conceived on a Ferris wheel. Another one was conceived on a, in the back of a pol- police car because we did it on a Ferris wheel. Another one was done conceived on a tractor. I never get tired of the banjo bed. I never get tired of this bed. You know, I've been accused of using this a lot. 
I've only used this bed like three or four times this year. You know, we gotta we gotta start integrating more of these uh, redneck backwoods hick stories. We gotta get more mileage out of this bed, man. All right, well that's about it. This is like the perfect bed for this story. I mean. There's so many stories, the toilet story, this story. There's so many stories that a bed like this just applies to. I think we should just enjoy it for a moment. By the way, speaking of rednecks, you know, I never even, I, I didn't really get into this last night, but I have been proven right again. Check it out. The, uh, my notes here, the winner of the Powerball, the winner of the Powerball over the weekend, Powerball is a great big multi-state lottery. Uh, not every state has it in the United States, but uh, it's it's in, what, like 22 states or 24 states or something like that. Anyway, the winners of the big Powerball jackpot, $275.3 million, eight women. Well, it's one ticket, but uh, apparently eight women all pooled. I don't know. It was one of these stupid work pools. I don't know why you ever do that. But anyway, eight women are uh, claiming that they have the winning ticket. And where was it sold? I called, I so called this last week. I said it's going to be like one of these three places and it was this place. All right, I'll give you just a moment to think about this. I mean, this, this is, it's not surprising. It's almost where every huge jackpot is ever won. All right, here we go. The winning jackpot, the winning Powerball ticket, $275.3 million, was brought to you by West Virginia. See, you know, I'm telling you right now, man, every jackpot that's worth more than $250 million, like when the Powerball gets up to $250 million, what I'm just going to do... I'm going to get on my old worn-out jeans, put on my 10-gallon hat, put my boots on. Uh, I'm going to knock a few teeth out of my head, like all of them. And uh, I'm going to go to West Virginia and buy me some tickets. Because that's apparently the only way to win a Powerball jackpot. That's anything bigger than $250 million. I'm not saying it's rigged. But I'm just saying that it's odd that every single winning Powerball jackpot comes from the state of West Virginia. It seems that way. It's either West Virginia, Nebraska, you know, maybe um, I think once it was Minnesota, but that's just like rare. And it helps. I, I, I've always said this. I think when you go to buy a lottery ticket, they press a special button. If you're over the age of about 65, 
which thereby increases your odds of winning by about a hundred times. Because everybody that wins the Powerball is either one, very old, two, very much a redneck, and three, no way do they live in a major metropolitan area. Like, not once has somebody from Phoenix, Arizona won the Powerball. Not once has somebody from Minneapolis won the Powerball. Yeah, sure, maybe those people win the the smaller, you know, the $200,000, like, sub-jackpots that you get for matching, like, five numbers without the Powerball. But I'm talking the big kahuna jackpot, you know, the, the, the big one. Nobody from a major... It's And it's always... And even if it is, it's always someone in a double wide. It's not like an average person. It's not somebody like my mom who used to play the lottery every week. And, you know, my mom would win once in a while. She'd win like 70 bucks here. She, that one, the very first time my dad ever played the, the lottery, the very first time, he, we, we moved to the state of Arizona and they just got the, the state lottery. It's called the pick. The first four numbers that came down the chute, my dad had them, and my dad thought, oh, my God, this is it. I'm on easy street, baby. He had the first four numbers that came down the chute. He was, like, getting excited. And, uh, well, then he didn't win. But, I mean, still, matching four numbers back then, it was like, I don't know, you win 75 bucks or 100 bucks. It's still something. Well, Ellie May, all of our troubles are solved. We won just the Powerball. We could get an unprecedented triple wide trailers. And we could take this here trailer and we could give it plush carpetings and we could have diamonds. We could like encrust this trailer in solid gold. Ooh, and think, we could shop at the big store now. We could go buy our clothes at Kmart. Yeehaw, Kmart! Oh, that's where we're gonna go do us some clothes shopping. Alright, so we have here a uh, nomination for Parent of the Year. Uh, we haven't had one of these in a while. We have a Mother of the Year candidate from Ocala, Florida, where a Central Florida mother of four boys was arrested on Tuesday after telling authorities that she went, quote, on strike more than a month ago, leaving the teens home alone for hours every day because they would constantly fight. Melissa G. Dean, 33, 33-year-old with four children, was charged with child neglect after telling Ocala police and the Department of Children and Families that she um, she leaves her children ages... Get, check this out. Check out these ages. 17, 16, 14, and 13 home alone, according to a charging affidavit. Dean said that the children needed to start cleaning up and stop fighting and that she had no control over them. Well, of course she has no control over them. She has no control over their life. I mean, what was she, 15 when she had the first one? 15 or 16? Uh, yeah, clearly she has no control. Uh, Dean also said that she was fed up with being run over in her own home and having no privacy, according to the affidavit. Dean told a DCF official that she decided, quote, to go on strike because no one would help with her children, saying the police and courts would do nothing to help her. Dean, a Walgreens manager, said that she spends nights at a friend's house and would only spend one night per week at her home, 
Uh, the affidavit stated, boy, this, this must be a great mom right here. The affidavit said that uh, Dean would cook meals and take them to her children and would sometimes check on them. Dean said that she called her children often. Uh, the charging affidavit said uh, uh, police said that they were called to the home on Monday because two of the children were fighting over a computer cord. One of the boys ran to a neighbor's home and police were called. Dean was not home at the time of the incident, police said, and police have uh, responded to the home several times in the past. There you have it. There's uh, your parent of the year right there. Uh, She just couldn't stand the way her children are behaving, so she's just like, you know what? That's it. I'm out of here. I'm on strike. Uh, This is exactly what happens when, one, you have children when you're about 16 years old. Two, you make uh, three more happy little accidents thereafter. You have no control over your own life when you're 33 years old. I'm 30 years old. I have zero children. I have made the choice to have zero children. I cannot imagine what it would be like being three years older than I am now and having four little darlings, one of which almost graduating from high school. Although I have a feeling that these kids aren't going to graduate from high school. I have a feeling that these are four more children that will be, um, well, they'll be lucky to be managers of Walgreens. Many of them, I'm sure that they'll be messed up and, uh, well, they'll probably be on uh, Hillary's or Barack's uh, welfare program, though. There's your parent of the year and tool of the week. She uh, she she couldn't uh, handle her children there. It was a little bit too stressful for her, so she bailed out. I like how people need to help her with their children. Nobody would help me with my children. Um, yeah, sweetheart, it's called having a father for these children. Also, do you, do you not have one? Uh, you have four children. Where's the father at? Maybe he could be of some help. Oh yeah, uh, I bet that um, I bet they all have different fathers, right? Is that what you're going to tell me next? No, people need to help me with my parents. I mean, why can't the police just be here around the clock uh, to help with my kids? I don't, I don't get it, man. Uh, people need to be. How about, how about you raise your children properly? Or how about you don't have four children? You know the time. You know when the time would have been to go on strike. When your boyfriend, uh, when you were like 15 or 16 years old, said, yeah, you know, tonight I'm going bareback, honey. I'm not wearing a condom. That would have been the time to go on strike. So you didn't have this problem in the first place. Good God. All right. And uh, then we have this story. Hands cramping up from too many video games. How about controlling games with your thoughts instead? Later this year, Emotive Systems Incorporated plans to start selling the $299 Epoch Nero headset to uh, to allow you to do just that. Yes, control games without using your hands. The headset sensors are designed to detect conscious thoughts and expressions as well as non-conscious emotions by reading electronical signal electronic signals uh, around the brain. Says the company, which demonstrated the wireless gadget at the game development conference in San Francisco. This is amazing. The company, which unveiled a prototype this year, says that the headset can detect emotions such as anger, excitement, and tension, as well as facial expressions and cognitive actions like pushing and pulling objects. The headsets will be be sold with a game developed by Emotive, but it can also be made to work with existing PC games, the company said. Users will also be able to access an online portal 
to play more games, chat, or upload their own content, such as music or photos. Emotive plans to work with IBM Corporation to explore applications beyond video gaming. The brain-computer interface technology could transform not only gaming, but how humans and computers interact, said Paul Ledak, vice president of IBM's digital convergence business. Now, you can already imagine, I, I, I've my brain uh, works uh, a lot faster than uh, even the prototype for this thing. I already know where they're going with this next. I can already see that they want to incorporate this into porn sites. Can you imagine? this? There's so many more practical applications for this thing beyond just video games. You could have this for porn sites. Imagine um, if, like, you could display a graph of somebody's emotions. Like, while I'm doing this show, I wear a, the special headset, and uh, and there's, like, a graph of my emotions. Like, when I start talking about Obama, um, you see, like, this little blue line that goes up for, like, how scared I am. Or when it comes to John McCain and his uh, open borders and guest worker and amnesty program, there's, like, a red line that goes up to show how angry I am. That'd be an awesome thing. But actually, I think it's cool technology. The best of the Michael Graff Show. Welcome back to the best of the Michael Groff Show. Great moments, classic bits, and all the awesome stuff from Michael Groff Show's past. That little Jackson Brown to rejoin the show. Uh, all right. Uh, contact information. Of course, you can drop me a line, comment, question, suggestion, anything of the sort. My email address, mike at kmgx.com. That is the address, mike at kmgx.com. Conveniently enough, that's also our PayPal address if you want to donate to the program. On AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name, Michael Groff Show. It's available 24-7, 365 for you. And, of course, michaelgroff.com for everything in our universe that is Michael Groff related. Once again, michaelgroff.com. You just can't escape it. It's ubiquitous. It's a part of the internet. It's just like Google, except it gets probably about a billion hits a day less. But otherwise, exactly like it. Oh, and we're not a search engine. And you can't find porn on our site. Well, actually, you can if you know what secret folders I've put it in. I think that in itself is innuendo. All right. Look at me go. That's why uh, they pay me all the big bucks. That's why I'm here hosting my own best of show. Yeah, um, I think that's what it is. That or nobody else would dare come in here. Regardless, let's return now to more of me. I love it. It's the best of the Michael Groff Show. 
The city of Chicago in its infinite wisdom. They really had a ban selling White Sox merchandise there, but no, they actually have decided to ban selling tiny plastic bags. Why? Well, it's a very simple explanation. It's partly environmental, but mostly it has to do with the fact that tiny plastic bags are used to sell small quantities of heroin, crack cocaine, marijuana, and other drugs. They'll be banned in Chicago under a crackdown advanced, uh, no pun intended, uh, at a uh, by a city council committee. Now, this is, um, who's this guy? Robert Ferrodi persuaded the health committee to ban possession of self-sealing plastic bags under two inches in height or width. After picking up 15 of the bags on a recent Sunday afternoon stroll through a west side park, Lieutenant Kevin Navarro, commanding uh, officer of the Chicago Police Department, Narcotics and Gang Unit, said that the ordinance will be, quote, important tool to go after grocery stores, health food stores, and other businesses. The bags are used by the thousands to sell small quantities of drugs at $10 or $20 a bag. Navarro referred to the plastic bags as, quote, marketing 101 for the drug dealers. Many of them have uh, symbols allowing drug users to ask for Superman or Blue Dolphin instead of the drug itself, he said. Prior to the final vote, Walter Burnett expressed concern about uh, arresting innocent people. Yeah, you you think maybe that would be a concern? Like he noted that uh, extra uh, that uh, extra uh, buttons that come with the uh, with the suits, shirts, and blouses and jewelry uh, that's been repaired come in similar plastic bags. Now Burnett was um, reassured by language that. Um, in the in this bill that quote one should reasonably know that such items will be or are being used to package transfer deliver or store a controlled substance violators will be punished by a $1500 fine so if you carry around a small sealable plastic bag like one of those that yes where like jewelry or little buttons come in that you sew back on your shirt or something if you do that you could be fined $1,500. That is your government at work, ladies and gentlemen. Props to the city of Chicago. Good job, guys. The way to solve crime, the way to crack down on the drug crime is to ban the plastic bags. So now what they're going to do is they'll just use bigger bags. Or, I don't know, maybe use something else to carry the drugs in. I mean, is this is not the dumbest waste of time and the dumbest waste of resources. You can imagine some dude who just got back from the jewelry store or some guy that just got back from like a, a shop where his shirts were sewn up and they gave him a couple extra buttons. You know, that's the guy that's going to be busted. What are you doing with that plastic bag, sir? Um, uh, I just came back from the store and... Yeah, right, sir. Why don't you come with us? But it's, it's, it's got a button in it. Yeah, sure, that's a button. I bet that's crack. No, it's a button. Look, I mean, you could, I'm, I could sew it on right now. Don't even take it out of the bag. Keep your hands where we can see them, sir. I mean, that's how it's going to go down. You know that, that, you know that that's what's going to happen. It's the silliest thing ever. And of course, you know, these guys can still get those bags anywhere. Do you really think this is how this is the mind of city council and this is the mind of some local government. This is why there needs to be just a massive house cleaning in all levels of government. This is how people think. This is what happens when you put a bunch of people together in a city council 
give them a little bit of power. This is how they come up with, well, uh, how are we going to crack down on drugs? Hmm. You know, it's in Chicago. Well, I got a great idea there, Ted. I think that the best way to crack down on the crack rock and all these other drugs that are being sold on our streets there, I think the best way to do this now is to get rid of the bags that they use to sell the drugs in. Because if you get rid of the bags, they's not going to have nothing to carry their their stuffs in. So, uh you know, therefore, we'll eliminate all crime. You know, that's like saying if we get rid of gun holsters, gun crime will go down. Yeah, because, you know, if they don't have the holsters there, what are they going to keep their guns in? Yeah, so I uh, I went over to the Bears game the other day, and I didn't find any of these plastic bags on the ground anymore. People in Chicago need those little bags to carry the drugs around. It. They got the Chicago Cubs, for Christ's sake. I mean, let the people have their drugs. They're going to need them. I mean, you gotta light up a joint after you see the Cubs game. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna be just too de- depressed, too disappointed. Really, it's like, well, if we ban paper bags, paper sacks, uh, bank robbery will go away because then the thieves won't have any bags to carry all the money in. Maybe the dumbest idea ever. I don't think that you, I don't think you could come up with a different one. I don't think you could come up with a better one than that. So that's how we crack down on crime. We don't try to actually address the issue of the crime itself and how we can stop the influx of drugs or maybe even explore the possibility of legalizing some of those drugs. So now we're not just prosecuting people that carry around plastic bags and throwing them in jail and issuing legitimately or illegitimately large fines against them, like $1,500 a pop. How about, you know, instead of trying to be introspective that way and actually coming up with a legitimate solution, how about we just ban uh, the vehicle for which drugs are being, uh... you know, uh, there's a lot of fat people in this country. So maybe if we banned plates. Yeah, because if uh, we ban the plates, then people ain't going to have nothing to eat all their food on. So they won't get all fat. They won't get all obese or nothing. You know, it's, even more retarded. it's like the next logical step up from that little bag is like a sandwich bag. So what are they going to start banning those? Yeah, they're going to start banning those. It's like I said a minute ago, too. uh, You know, bank robbers uh, put all the money in the paper sacks, so we'll just ban those, too. And backpacks. And And backpacks. Anything that can carry drugs or any kind of money or anything in which a crime can be. Yeah, we'll ban ban the the garbage bags, too. Got to ban those. You can carry a lot of stuff in there. You can carry the big amounts of weed in there. And trucks and cars, we got to ban vehicles because, you know, these drug dealers, they use their cars to get to where they're going to go. I mean, generally. Okay, these these drug dealers, they walk around the streets and stuff peddling their wares. We need to ban legs. You just ban them. <laughs> no, no, they no. Can't wait, 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 wait. They walk around on We need to ban streets. Oh, oh yeah. There we well, go. Well, why don't you just do the double shot? Streets and legs. What we and do is, listen here, because this is Chicago after all. What we do is we ban the street... And we ban the legs so that they don't have nowheres to walk or any streets to walk on so they can't peddle their wares there. That's, uh, you know, that's how we roll. That's a good idea. It's freaking retard. People are so fat because they eat too many uh, bratwursts and sausages and whatnot. So what we do is we ban hot dog buns. (laughs) So that they can't. And we ban mustard and relish there so they don't have nothing to put on their hot dogs. 
So that way they we, they wasn't going to get fats. But you know what? That's uh, that's not such a great idea. Maybe we should just you know ban mouths altogether. <laughs> that way they can't stick anything. And noses. In there. We noses, ban- mouths, maybe stomachs. We glue the nostrils shut there. That'll, we just uh, glue them shut so that everybody goes around thinking like this. And there's uh, no way they, they can got, smell uh, the food. Yeah, they can't. And they can't snort nothing up their noses. So uh, it's a win-win situation for everybody involved there. Oh, we also uh, <clears throat> we also have to uh, ban money because, uh, you know, people roll up money to snort coke. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get rid of that. Oh, wait, and razor blades. They use that to cut and they, that way, and keys and mirrors and keys and and porcelain, so they don't have not the, no surfaces to sniff the uh, cocaine off of there. Exactly, there's uh, there that that's the plan right there. And no lighters or matches because that way they can't light the joints or oh, nothing. We, we got to uh, ban spoons because that's how they uh, <laughs> you know the heroin powder becomes the heroin. Yeah. You know, they just boil it in there. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and get rid of everything. Wait, wait, guys, couldn't you just be, you know, couldn't you just try to actually, you know, do something about the crime itself? And go- Shut up. What no. are you talking about? This Why? Is- this is how we go about doing it here in Chicago. You know, you people in your small towns and your other places, you you know, you New Yorkers and your uh, Los Angelinos, you people don't know how to handle the crime there. We got a serious solution here. We just ban everything. So that's, that's you know, dude, it's like, I love Chicago, but I could never live there with all these retarded laws they have. Well, it's, it is know. one of the most liberal cities in oh the country. I mean, God. it really is. And, and this is just a prime. You know, when, when I saw this story, I mean, most, you know, some of it, they go, well, and there's other, there's environmental benefits, too, because, oh, you know, the city won't yeah. be trashed. But this, this is really. <laughs> this, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is, this is beyond dumb. <laughs> The only thing dumber is tonight's global warming update. Well, this isn't really dumb. This is just another fine example of the man-caused global warming BS that's out there. Uh, Coming to us from down under where uh, Sydney residents and tourists are, uh, well, they're cursing La Nina. Yes, because, of course, it, uh, well, this year, the Harbor City says goodbye to summer. And they didn't even know that it arrived. The La Nina pattern that uh, overtook the world this year, uh, the pattern is delivering rain, which is good news for Australia because they're still gripped in uh, one of the worst droughts ever, and there's still a lot of parts of uh, Australia still on level five water restrictions and whatnot, but um, it's cutting profits for cafe owners because of the rainy and unusually cool weather, travel agents and insurers, Insurance uh, Australia Group LTD. The nation's largest home insurer last week posted a sixth straight profit decline after hailstorms cost it $105 million Australian dollars. $105 million Australian dollar dues. Ah, willikas. Bugger all. Um, the, the, yearly, the yearly symphony in the park, which usually attracts 80,000 people, had just... 700 this year. Wow. <laughs> wow. As the orchestra played behind a tarp, basically, because of the uh, rain. Quote, everyone always thinks Australia is uh, the best place for perfect weather, but I'm not sure I'll believe it anymore, says Minsu Siu, a 28-year-old marketing executive from Korea's Jeju Island. As he gazes at the waves crashing toward... Uh, Bondi Beach. 
Bondi Beach. On Australia's last day of summer. Bugger all, we had fifty. We had uh, 30 millimetres of rain today. And the high was only 18 degrees centigrade. It was... It was bugger all cold and wet and rainy and whatnot here. This ain't summer. Crikey. After four years of water restrictions, Sydney saw about 50% more rain than usual this summer, according to Mike DeSalis, a spokesman at Australia's Bureau of Meteorology. No day topped 31 degrees Celsius or 88 Fahrenheit. For the first time since 1956, the average daily sunshine totaled 6.7 hours, an hour less than normal, and the lowest since 1991-92. The average maximum temperature was 25.2 centigrade, the coolest since 1996-97. But wait! How can this be? We have global warming overtaking us all. It's going to get us. We're all going to die from this global warming. I mean, that's what Al Gore keeps telling us. Whoa! We're going we're gonna to bake. Uh, whoa. Wait, we're not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the temperature outside today in Phoenix, it must have been like 116, wasn't it? Let's see, what are we looking at right now? 62 is the temperature outside right now. Oh, I, I guess, huh, that's odd. Matthew Hassan, an economist at, what's this, Westpac Banking Corporation, said that the soggy summer has weighed on Sydney's $285 billion economy. Of course, you know what the global warming kooks will say is, well, you, well you, of course, they don't all have Australian accents, actually. <laughs> I was about to, well, you say the problem is, yeah, mate. No, actually, they'll, they'll just say that, uh, well, you see, when it's too cold, it's a result of global warming. And when it's too wet, it means it's global warming. And when it's too dry, you know what that means? It means global warming. Got it, Miss Gary Gygax. <laughs> I mean, my God. Quote, the endless rain is certainly adding to the sense of gloom, Hassan said. Employment and housing data show that Sydney is already struggling with rising interest rates and gasoline prices. So, there you go. That's the, uh, and of course, they're saying surfing was affected by this. Dam levels have risen about 64.4%. How dare they use that kind of language in here? Dam levels. They rose about 64.4% at the end of February to uh, from 37.1% a year ago. Rainfall reached four, 439 millimeter poos. Compared with an average of 298 mil- millimeters. Quote, we're... We're not winging about the rain. We're not winging about the rain. Winging. W-H-I-N-G-I-N-G. What does that, even, what does that mean? Is that an Australian colloquialism or a misspelling? I don't know. I have no idea either. Whatever the case, that's uh, your global warming update courtesy of Australia this time. Where... Uh, it's not so. Uh, it's not so damn. Um, it's not so damn uh, hot after all. All right, whatever, man. Finally, we have this from the Michael Graff Show stupid news file. Check this out, Jeff. What's up? So, uh, have you ever, you know, been to the Goodwill? Uh, yeah, I dropped a chair off or something there once. A chair. All right. Well, that's normal. 
as a lot of people give clothes. I know we often, uh, you know, my family throughout the years, we've often given clothes to Goodwill. And so I'm sure there's somebody walking around right now with a uh, with a 1995 Western Conference or a Pacific Division champion Phoenix Sun shirt on. Uh, it's probably got a couple of coffee stains on it or something, but whatever. I mean, you know, it's good. It's good stuff. Anyway, uh, police, though, now this this is interesting. This guy decided to give something a little bit different. Police are searching for a person who left four hand grenades <laughs> in a Westmoreland County Goodwill shop. Nice, dude. I want those. Yeah, it's like, now I got to go to Goodwill to make sure, you know, it's like, let's see, shirt, old radio, lawnmower. Dude, I would totally take those out to the desert and blow up a cactus. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like, oh, look, I found, found a grenade. How much, how much you guys want for this grenade? Uh, three bucks. <laughs> All right. It's like, oh, oh no, those aren't supposed too bad. I want them. <laughs> how about how, how about how about five? Uh, yeah, how about how about three for six bucks? The grenades were found yesterday afternoon in a plastic box. Wow! The Allegheny County Bomb Squad rushed to the scene in Russ Trevor Township. Police say that the grenades were of a military surplus variety. They were removed from the store. Well, duh, they don't really make civilian-grade grenades, retard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like to buy a civilian grenade. <laughs> I mean, they make like a 20-millimeter or a 30-millimeter flare, I think, that fits in like a, a little wannabe grenade launcher thing that you can get, but never heard of civilian grenades, so I don't think they... Uh, Make any other type than military. The store's assistant manager, Don Graham, says that the grenades may have been in the store for days before they were discovered. <laughs> Mommy, what's boom? <laughs> that would have been people good. go in there. Well, what am I going to buy today? Uh, let's see. There's a moo moo here. I want to get that and poop on a stick. <laughs> some old pantyhose. Might as well get those. Hey, look what we have here. Oh, that that looks really neat. Let's play with it. Yeah. This this nothing bad can come of this, right? Oh. Somebody dropped a mirror back there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe dropped the grenade. <laughs> well. There you go. <laughs> I don't know, that sounded like a car flipping over. <laughs> That's all I got, man. <laughs> Maybe this will teach you to listen to authority. Oh, better. It's just been revoked. Uh, Peter, he didn't really set you up for that (laughs) lethal weapon remark. I'll have what she's having. So better. (laughs) Kicking. All right. So um, yeah, that'd be something to find, though. See, now I definitely have to go to Goodwill stores more often. That'd be a cool find. Yeah. So he had to endure, like, the weird smell at some of them. But, you know, <laughs> you might find a grenade. <laughs> well, that's, that's nothing unusual. I mean, just go to Mesa. There's a weird smell there, too. Yeah. Smell of trailer parks and Mormons. Yeah, there's a lot of trailer parks in Mesa. And then a buttload more in Apache Craption. Yeah, I mean, a crappy yeah. junkyard. Oh, wow, that's a good one. I like that. Um... By the way, winging, it, it, winging. It's it wasn't a typo. Apparently, it's in here. Wing, winging. Let's see. And by the way, W H I N G I N G or W H 
I what was it again? Probably W H I N G I N G. Yeah, W H I N G I N G. Cool whip. Cool whip. Let's see. I'm looking up the definition here right now. Somebody, a, 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 the, our official Nebraska ambassador just sent me this. Uh, let's see. Uh, apparently, it is a chiefly British term to complain or protest, uh, especially in an annoying or persistent manner. Well, isn't that whining, though? Hmm. Well, uh, whining. Or in typical British fashion, what we like to do here. Is we like to add extra letters. That's why colour is spelled with a U, and that's why we add extra letters to everything here, mate. That's why we've got an I in aluminum. So we <laughs> we have aluminium. aluminium. Hello. I hate that. Yes, of course, we understand the reason that we do this here. Yeah? <clears throat> of course, <laughs> naturally, <laughs> rather just add extra letters in the thing. Yes. Quiet. Quiet. <laughs> Indeed, sir. Winging. Not that we're winging about it, yeah, old chap. Old Bean. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> yes. Oh, my stock portfolio is 500 billion pounds, of course. <laughs> so there you go. That's uh, tonight's educational lesson. Winging. Hmm. I'm just looking I'm here. I'm sure the way my, this guy Dusty I know pronounces winning because he's got that weird speech impediment. Like dinner is dinger, and Denny's is dengies. And people say, like, yeah, onion. Uh, and then it's like, oh, no, it's a Texas thing. It's a, no, dude, it's a speech impediment. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, people from Texas may speak a little strange, but I, I've never... Man, we just winged the game, I'll tell you what, Stair. Have some dinger at dengies. We're going to go have some dinger at dengies. All right. All right, so yeah, if you saw the webcam, you got if you if you were uh, you know if we had our webcam up, you would uh, you would notice that you know I uh, I was getting animated and Jeff was just like exasperated at the at, at the stupidity of others, including his own hometown of Chicago. Yeah, that's just retarded. It is. I think we. I think I actually. You know what's what's funny is I think I actually have around here someplace those plastic bags, those little plastic bags. Drug dealer. Drug dealer. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, but we're not in Illinois, though, dude, so I won't be thrown in jail yet. Let me see if I actually have those here. See, this would be, some, again, this would be this would be a time for that webcam. See, this is my webcam. Yes, it's very riveting watching him reach across the desk. And yeah. I don't know. It's, it out of the board. Yeah, stuff's just falling out all over the place. It's kind of like Paris Hilton. Um, let's see. What, too soon? Yeah, I mean, th- those are like those bags that are like this. Yeah, they're, they're, we actually use those for. Uh, I mean, you put like screws in there, yeah. and it's like packaging. Yeah, like all the little tools for the little parts. There's no sense in wasting a big bag. God, that's just stupid. It is. It's, it's really. St- Somebody should watch. So we don't really care about the environment after all, because we're going to have giant. Ba- See, the drug dealers are still going. to... I'm still stuck on this story. I'm sorry that I, I keep going back to this thing. The drug dealers are still going to transport the drugs. Oh, but now they have one less bag to use, <laughs> a type of bag. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you know they're sitting there watching TV being, oh, crap, man. We can't use those bags anymore. The law says so. <sighs> the law says we can't use those bags anymore, so of course we're going to stop doing it while we're selling heroin. What are we going to use now? 
Uh, sandwich bags? Probably just the... Oh. S- we're prob- that was close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our scheme... Or, you know... We'll we just, almost we'll, were out of business. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep using the same bags because we're already breaking the law anyway. Oh. It's like that's like if you that's like yeah that's like if you ban guns and you know yeah if you ban guns of course what happens is uh, they they go well we can't use those guns to rob them banks anymore so what are we gonna use I don't know we're we're bank robbers so we'll probably still use guns oh good call call on that one there snake clam Clam. yeah. That's why I'm the brains of this here outfit. (laughs) Hee-haw, doggies! And there you have it. Another edition of the best of the Michael Groff Show in the books. Thank you so much for checking us out. The heavily medicated edition that it was. I was on the allergy meds the whole time, and I think while running the board, I only made 10 or 20 errors, I think. All right. Well, contact information for the program. You can always drop us a line, comment, question, suggestion, anything of the sort to my email address, mike at kmgx.com. That is the email, mike at kmgx.com. Also, that's our PayPal address if you want to make a donation to this program. Keep us on the air. You know, the esoteric crap. Uh, Many hands make a heavy workload light. Yeah. Also, we're hanging out on AOL Instant Messenger screen name, Michael Groff Show. And for all things Michael Groff, you can go to the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. All right, you've been listening to the best of the Michael Groff Show. Copyright 2010. Any reproduction, retransmission, rebroadcast, or reuse of this program for anything other than sexual gratification is strictly prohibited and will result in me sending you plenty of lolcat spam to your email if you do it. So don't... God knows, I think we're all sick of lolcats. I was sick of that about 10 years ago. All right, we'll be back for another edition of the Michael Graff Show, a live edition real soon. You know how that works. Well, you know, as live as we do around here. Maybe I just let something out of the bag. You never know. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the best of the Michael Graff Show. Good night, everybody.